now that we know Peyton Thorne will start the season as QB1, it gets back to the offensive line and the running game and the receivers too. I mean, they're they're under the gun and, and people are you know pe- people want to see what Hugh Freeze can do in year one. But this running game, you know that that becomes all the more vital because there's evidence that when you give Peyton Thorne the backing of a strong running game, he can have impressive numbers and help a team win. I know yeah, I ambushed you. I know I ambushed you with that one the the win, the the, the win loss record with 150 yards because I know I know Stidham. I just I was able to pull up Stidham was 13 and one at Auburn when Auburn ran for 150 yards. The one loss was at LSU in 17. The and then uh, Stidham was five and eight at Auburn when they didn't have 150 yards rushing. So when. Michigan State ran for 150 yards in the starts that Peyton Thorne had over the last two seasons. He went 12-1. and one. He averaged 8.91 yards per attempt, which would make you like a top-10 quarterback nationally. He had a touchdown-to-interception ratio of 3-1, to one, and his completion percentage was 63%. When they didn't run for that much, 5-7, and 6.36 yards per attempt, a 1.7 TD-to-interception ratio, so much different there. And then just around 60% of completion percentage. His numbers, like in the games where they ran well, it would be the best passing that Auburn has gotten Mm. since Jarrett Stidham. And even if you kind of find the middle ground there, it's still kind of around that that mark as well. The thing with Thorne is you're right. Like, he has thrived next to a really good running game. I I wonder, you know, after watching practice on on Thursday a little bit more, a lot more 11-on-11 stuff, team stuff we saw, I do wonder – you know what Thorne can do in an offense that's this RPO heavy, especially knowing that you know him running the ball is not his strongest suit. Now he scrambled pretty well in a two-minute drill that we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about. He scrambled really well, moved the chains there. When he kept the ball and pulled it back, and he wasn't throwing it, um, you know things seem to kind of get swallowed up a little bit quicker by the defense. And I do wonder how effective he'll be in that, or if it's just kind of hey more of handoff, pull it or throw it. One of those kind of things um, that he can still be a very much a fit for this offense, even if he is not a dual threat quarterback like a Robbie Ashford, who um, you know obviously has has really good wheels. I, I posited this to Jason Caldwell during a viewing window earlier in the off season, and uh, and I'd like your thoughts, Justin. What if the reason we were seeing so much RPO with Peyton was was in part because there was the competition going on between Peyton and Robbie, and if Robbie Ashford won the job. I think you'd see more RPO than than if Peyton Thorne is is the quarterback. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess that's that's sort of phrased as a question. Yeah, but I wonder I, if maybe now that they know it's Peyton Thorne, if if it's less RPO heavy and more designed runs and play action and designed passes. Although I do know Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery both both have a background yeah. of running uh, offenses that that will lean on the RPO seemingly no matter what. Yeah, exactly, and, and I think I think that's the point there is that both those guys build this around their offense. When you talk about how many option routes and stuff that Auburn has, how much kind of reading and reacting they're doing, the the option is very key to this system. Now, an RPO does not mean three equally effective options on a play. It can be as simple as run or pass, and the run being a handoff. You know, reading a linebacker, reading a, reading an edge player, reading a reading a nickel or something like that, and saying, "Hey, depending on what that guy does, is when I pull the trigger or not." Um, so I think you could probably see some more of that design stuff. 
Uh, but I do think there's going to be a lot of what Auburn does is going to have the options attached to it because that's how this offense is kind of built, and that's what these two coaches are very comfortable doing. I don't want to stop talking about the quarterbacks because it is the biggest story so far this offseason. But that run game does, you know, I mean, it's it's the position maybe on offense I'm most interested in seeing whatever happens next or what the plan actually looks like during a game. We've heard so much about Damari. We feel like we know, for the most part, what Jarquez is, although we haven't seen him as a number one tailback in an offense for a sustained period of time before. And then there's Brian Battee, right, who, who just ran for 1,200 yards last season. Granted, the team had its trouble, but that wasn't Brian Battee's fault. I would I would urge people to, uh, to, to understand. But, yeah, how they – how they get the run game going, you know, do they, you know, and, and I think on top of mentioning the running backs, and I know there are a couple scholarship guys I left off on that list, but uh, there's also the option of handoffs to the slot receivers. And we've seen Hugh freeze utilize a lot of different skill players in the run game before a lot of, a lot of quick screen swing stuff. That's basically an extension of the running game, even though the ball is like leaving the quarterback's hands, you'll see some of that. Uh, as well um I, I think yeah with the thorn it's just I go back to the fact that this is the guy who's the favorite coming in he's going to be the guy who wins the job at this point he's the most experienced quarterback he's the most established quarterback there and no disrespect to Robbie Ashford and Holden Gardner who did really well I think Robbie Ashford and we saw this again in, in, in practice on Thursday I thought Robbie Ashford looked awesome in practice on Thursday a guy who did not win the job, had been told he had not won the job, and then he goes out there at practice and plays really, really well. One, Auburn needs that. They need a guy, because if something happens to Peyton Thorne, he's going to be the next man up for the most part. Um, we'll see with Holden Garner. The thing with Holden Garner, I asked Freeze about him today. It's like he's he probably is the best thrower out of them. He's still learning. He's still adjusting, like doing a lot of the decision-making, being efficient in, in those areas. The other star, stuff about quarterback that isn't just the physical act of throwing the ball. Not saying he can't do that, but the physical act of throwing the football is what he's best at, and I think that gives him a pretty high ceiling for the future. With Ashford, I think we have seen him tighten up, uh, throwing the ball, and he's got that that ability to run as well. the The thing here with Thorn, the thing here with Thorn, is that you're going to get a quarterback that has been there and done that as a starter coming into the season as a starter. And when I said at the beginning of the show that timing was the most interesting thing to me here, Dan, it was that Auburn's going to get basically two weeks of practice. They're going to get another scrimmage at least as well. They're going to get two weeks of practice knowing who, this guy's the guy, focusing their attention on him with the first team, mm-hmm. trying to rep that as much as possible, and then get, go into that UMass game knowing that they may play other quarterbacks in that one as well. But – like you get to have it's not a mystery or it's not something that's kind of shrouded between now and the start of the season instead you get half of a month basically a little less than that to get your guy ready and i would say the jackpot scenario here you know what what you're what you're rooting for i think as an auburn fan is 